1: Welcome back to the Lantern Cycling Podcast here with Benji. As always, we're both actually pretty tired after what was the worst rest day ever. It was a fake news rest day with too much World Tour <laughs> racing. Today is actually a bit cruisier with the first stage of the world after that second rest day from Laredo to Santa Cruz de Betzana. People called me out on it and I, I rightfully was called out. Stop calling stages Michael Matthew stages. I'm now calling the Magnus Court stages or P- peak Peter Sagan stages. Okay. Aramburu stages. No, not permitted. 181Ks long. We have a few climbs in this stage. It's not pancake flat. The hardest ones, three and a half Ks at 7.2%. Then after that, there's the Alto de San Cipriano. Which is five k's at four point two percent, but they're quite far from the finish. Both seventy and sixty k's from the finish, and then there's three clients, all about one k, five to seven percent. Which the last one is eleven k's from the finish. So the question is, would Trent uh, UAE for Trenton, bike exchange for Matthews and EF for Magnus Court try and drop Jakobsen on those climbs? Bear in mind, Jasper Philipsen's no longer here. But before we get into Benji's recap of the breakaway, which is actually quite strong. I mentioned our show partner, Lacole, who produced Performance Cycling Apparel. You can check them out at www.lecole.cc, and they have a sale on at the moment, which has up to 40% off including I'm looking at all category lightweight jersey you can add another 20% off using the LR Vuelta 20 that's LR Vuelta 20 all caps discount code for a further 20% off for Lantern Rouge cycling podcast listeners without much further ado Benji what happened at the start of this stage
0: we had a breakaway of five riders I uh, did not see it create because I locked in a bit later than uh the starting point I don't think it was being seen from the start as well, this stage, so I can't blame myself there. But a break with five riders, yet Jetssebol for Burgos BH, Thunderwolf for Ajazer. We've got Mikael Biscara for Oskaltel. Quinn Simmons, your pick for the stage in the preview, actually. uh, Three weeks ago or something. Um, He for Treksic Dimitri Kleins as well in that breakaway for Quebec. And that breakaway got not really a big gap, to be honest. Two minutes, one minute and a half, because... Two teams were interested in pacing and DSM was the first one starting to pace together with James Knox of the Koenig. And next to that, I think that Group Palma kicked in a few riders as well to the front to also help out. So quite surprising that two teams of not the favorite of the stage decide to jump in. But then again, it's arguably the last sprint stage. So it might as well if they're not in the breakaway, I guess, or do you see it as they should have tried to hurt the, the Koenig train a bit more by having them do the work?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you go to the line with Fabio Jakobsen here, it's like sprinting is very random and it's, we've got a very technical finish, which Benji called out on Twitter yesterday. But Jakobsen is such a step above here that I think you can't just try your luck and you know maybe he just has a problem later. I think putting all the pressure on De Koenig. Maybe, Benji, they wouldn't have done it. We've sadly seen De Koenig in the past when other teams refused to help at all on like a mixed stage. De Koenig are like, well, we're not going to do it either. Like, screw you. Do you think they could have done that?
0: I think they could have. Uh, perhaps they want to try and secure the green jersey, but I think it's pretty safe already with roughly 80 points ahead right now. But um, yeah, perhaps that would be the only indicator that would not allow them to, to rest up. But I do think that If nobody else is pacing and the gap is quite significant, they might as well just say, oh, I don't care. Like, you have to attack us for the green jersey. It's only for the stage win then. So not the biggest of deals. But in the end, I do think that Jakobsen wanted to win this stage from the start, to be honest. But uh, we had a crash, unfortunately, in the peloton. It was including uh, Enric Maas, which doesn't seem to be too bad of a crash for him, fortunately. I haven't heard anything bad, at least, At this point, but Ciccone was involved as well. And he unfortunately had to abandon the race from the crash. Same thing as the Giro. So it's kind of disappointing for him. Then again, this Giro was, I think, better GC-wise up to this point uh, in the race. But it's again a third week crash for the man and a third week that brings him out of that. Do you think that he's going to be... He's obviously going to be disappointed, but do you think he's going to regret not going for potential stage wins in the first two weeks?
1: I mean, yeah, that's two grand tours where he's, well, he did go for that one with Vine, but then he wouldn't have won it anyway. No. I mean, that wasn't a really a suitable stage for him. It was kind of like his Provence attack stage one. I think the answer is yes, Benji, but also it's trite to say what if he'd come fifth in the Giro, then obviously he wouldn't regret it. It's It just goes to show the risk of putting all your eggs in the GC basket, particularly yeah. when you aren't even a podium contender either. It's like God. So it's a lot of... Stages, you're forfeiting the right to go for that you could win when, at best, you're going to come sixth. So, yeah, I think I don't know what would you say if you were his DS or manager or agent or friend next year for jacone
0: I would have go uh, have him go for uh for stage wins because I don't think he's able to achieve a top five in a Grand Tour at the moment due to his time trial capabilities. And as a consequence, I'd rather have him try and get two stage wins, which I think he can with the skills he has. So, yeah. I think that it's also less value for the team itself. Sure, I don't know. If we compare a 7th place in GC or an 8th place in GC of a Grand Tour, which he wasn't that, he was 11th or something right now, but if it's 7th, 8th at the end, and you compare that to one or two stage wins, as a rider, I would prefer the stage wins. I don't know what that would mean financially because people seem to like to overpay people that have GC ambitions.
1: Yeah, no, but... I guess maybe that's why they do do it. I don't think it is. I think it's just people want to try their luck at GC. But moving on to through this stage, UAE stated an intention correctly to drop or put Fabio Jakobsen under pressure uh, eventually. But they've got a with the team they have and with what you've seen from Trenton Benji is. Would you even take Trenton head to head against Magnus Court in
0: a sprint right now? I would not, but they might not have the candidate to like choose something different but perhaps with an attack on the stage with Trent on the last climb for example but the problem is that you need to put pressure on the competition to make that happen because otherwise they'll have the riders to to catch you so I think in both situations if you either go for an attack or you want to try and sprint for him you need to try and get the likes of the Koenig yeah a bit more tired and I think that's what they try to do here certainly they try to drop Jakobsen with roughly 50k to go on one of the uh Hill's, I think, the one just before the intermediate sprint, the double one, actually. And uh, we had UAE just pacing a hard pace because it didn't take long before we saw Jakobsen with four teammates off the back. A few teammates stayed up front in the peloton. It was Seneschal, I think, that was in that group. But Cherny was waiting to do most of the pacing. On the climb itself, you know that they're going to lose time to the group with Trenton because they're going to try and ride the tempo of Jakobsen while the others are going to try and ride harder than the tempo of Jakobsen. But into the descent, you know that Churney's gonna hammer it again and that it's gonna be difficult to keep the gap with the team of UAE, except if other teams decide to help out. And that didn't seem like it was going to happen. And at a certain point, just after the descent, when the gap was like ten seconds after it went up to twenty-five on the climb itself, Trenton just went to the front and he said, Okay, this is this is not going to happen, so we it's might curious. as well stop doing this. Yeah?
1: Bike exchange aside before Cuyera. Hilltop finish against Roglic, they're going to pace all day chasing the Magnus Court break, which was never actually caught. On Valdepeñas de Hain, they're going to pace for a lot of the day chasing, again, a Magnus Court break. And then the other day, UAE, they let UAE pace all day. They might not have caught that J-Vine break if they'd not controlled things. That was lucky as well, you know, 500 meters to go. And actually, it burnt their lead out for Matthews because then Mezgetz was on the front at 1k to go. And then we have what used to be called the Michael Matthews stage today and they're not willing to invest in it. It's weird. like Just because they invested in stages that we thought were not appropriate and that didn't work out doesn't then mean that – like why aren't you investing now in stages that do make sense? It's very – it's really confusing to me. And I think UAE were expecting Bike Exchange to help. Why wouldn't Bike Exchange help with two domestic expenses?
0: Yeah, that's a good question i uh i don't know i think they were trying to was force the, the same thing i think they probably uh watched the uh lrcp podcast when we hammered them on the first stage and then they forgot to listen to the other ones where we said they should go and based on these kind of stage instead but yeah the, they weren't off the back they were there Matthews was there and they could have helped but the question for me for bike exchange is a bit different like we've seen Matthew's sprint the last two weeks not at the capability of doing that well against the competition that he's up against. So the reason in the Tour de France that they went for Matthews every single time was because he was in the fight for the Green jersey. He's not in the fight for the points classification anymore unless like three people crash in this rate of four people. So that's unlikely to happen. You think that they should not just try to give Mesgetz a chance? Because like the man's fast as well.
1: Well, I think with Fabio back in the group, spoiler, Fabio Jakobsen gets back in the group <laughs> because no one paced, gets back, we roll into these later climbs, the breakaways disintegrating 20 seconds ahead, and the thing is, anyone going to pace really hard to put Jakobsen off the back again? They don't. There's an attack from Andreas Krohn, which I liked, by the way. I thought it was a good move, but it just didn't work out. Standable, the only one up the road. And I thought at that point, Benji, with Jakobsen in the group and they're not really dropping him, why not attack with a Nick Schultz? or someone else t- with Krohn because maybe they didn't have the numbers. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't I don't know, Benji. I think Mez gets – what did he come? He won two reduced bunch of kicks in the Tour de France last year. I think he's pretty fast. He's a big guy. I don't know. It's a technical finish as well. Positioning is important. Not not on this stage. I think maybe another I, – I still like Matthews against – if the Jacobson was dropped against Trentin and yeah. Dionese, with the Mez gets lead out, it's still – a good opportunity, even though it's not worked out so far this year. But yeah, that's uh when did when does wolf get brought back, Benji? And um how old is he? He's like 23, classics guy. Is he an Andres Crohn Light?
0: Hmm. Who could I compare him with? He's decent on the cobbles, definitely. He's decent on the hills. He's not great on the hills. I feel like he would fit on a tour of Flanders or as a rider. But if it becomes Liège-Briston-Liège, and the hills are too hard. If it becomes Roubaix, then I'm not sure if the parkour has enough hills to have him as one of the great riders if that is any good comparison he won
1: u23 paris-roubaix which as we know means I know, abs, but absolutely nothing <laughs>
0: very different
1: <laughs> it means nothing
0: <laughs> well uh the wolf was at the front and that Kron attack that you mentioned just a second ago was on the last hill before the finish line so basically with 10 11k to go and that Kron attack tried to get the wolf back but he failed to do so and eventually the peloton just stormed past Kron and the wolf went over the top of that hill with a bit of an advantage, like 10 seconds, but when you've got the wolf just following you, no, I wasn't meaning to make a joke there. Uh, I meant <laughs> the wolf pack. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> when you have the peloton chasing the wolf, <laughs> uh, then it's likely that the wolf is going to get caught, even with these descents that Brent von Moore would be so happy to uh, have 20 seconds on, because perhaps if it's Brent von Moore up front, that might have gotten a really close stage, but the wolf. Just a bit short, and eventually it was caught, and it was a run in in those very technical last two kilometers.
1: So we saw FTJ coming to the front early once again with two riders and Damar not on the train. We saw Jakobsen in the big guy at green jerseys just circling, just always hanging 10th wheel, hanging around there. Quickstep not taking it up at all. Quickstep letting other leadouts do their dirty work for them before the technical run in. Then EF come up, their rider has a mechanical nearly big crash at the front. He slots into the Quickstep train. And Magnus Court's left out of the, on the wind. And that stuffs him completely in like with three Ks to go. And yeah, quick step just make sure Fabio's brought in about sixth wheel into that technical section. And Alpers and Phoenix, who I don't know, maybe they haven't told them that Jasper Philipson's not here, or maybe they're trying to reignite Sasha Modolo's career. Um I don't know what, what's happened. But it's two stages in a row where perhaps they're trying to make Modelo work and it's not working. They lead out into this last right hand corner with Jordi Meus on the wheel, Trent in fourth wheel, Jakobsen third wheel. It's super tight and you got basically got a kick straight out of this corner with 125, 150 meters to go. And yeah, Krieger basically does a perfect lead out for Jakobsen. Meus kicks early, gets the draft, gives a draft to Jakobsen who comes around his right hand side. And uh, Trentin didn't box in Jakobsen. Wasn't quick enough or not willing to put like because if you go to boxing a guy like Jacobson, 50 50 chance, he's gonna just gonna go and uh you like that sound effect, Benji, um slide <laughs> into you like Ackerman style and he can nearly put you down. So he left a gap for Jacobson and then it was done. Once we saw Jacobson not boxed in all over, wins this sprint, they had a Mayus Trenton, Matthews fourth, Dinaise fifth, aberastri off to track Sea Alfredo to um, fight with Matteo Moschetti for 1-1 sprints next year. Oliveira, 7th. Minali, 8th. Soto, he's getting too many top 10s, Benji. ninth, And then Venturini, who I've been a bit disappointed with, 10th. But Damar Benji, 16th. No Guanieri here. Says he's physically fine. What is going on?
0: Well, it's a very good question. <laughs> if I knew, then, uh, then I'd probably be earning a lot of money by Grupama right now. But uh, <laughs> I don't have a clue. Like... Arnaud DeMar seems to be in a decent position with 3K to go, but by the time the sprint starts, he's completely gone. And yes, perhaps it's a lead out that is doing something, but I also think that the finish might be a bit too technical for him. Or am I basing that off just this year? Because like the Giro stage that he won against Sagan, where he almost deviated him off the road, um, or was it the opposite? I don't know. Well, uh, that stage was also kind of technical in the last two kilometers. So perhaps that's not really the... uh, the perspective that is necessary but yeah he's just he's just not doing it and uh, there has to be a reason but it's hard to uh judge why
1: he looks like a boat without a rudder without Jacopo Guarnieri <laughs> here who seemed to just be like I'm not celebrating Demar's birthday during this world if I keep giving him lead outs and he keeps coming refusing to sprint coming 12th. So, yeah, it's not looking good for Demar. I'm not sure. He looked good on the climb the other day. I think, is he doing paris Bay or classics? it be interesting to see if he's actually better in, in those. But, yeah, so to not be getting consistent top fives here is, even if you thought he was overhyped after the end of last year, it's still weird what's going on. Uh-huh. But before we get into previewing tomorrow's stage, We've got a couple of things to ask of you before the end of the Welter Espana. First of all, if you listen on YouTube or that's where you watch the podcast, make sure you subscribe. We're trying to get to 20,000 subscribers before the end of the Welter, So that makes a big difference to us and we try to avoid spoilers at all costs on the YouTube channel. The second thing is if you listen on podcast players, make sure to give us a review or a rating. I asked for a roast the other day and said I'd read out a good one. Here's one. Five-star review. Thank you. From... Dobos. Roast. Two guys discussing bike racing. LR and Benji are a couple of overhyped, winless fucks. I don't know what Lacole was thinking re-signing these guys for another season. Surely there was someone else available in the transfer market. LR literally finishes last year at the Tour every year, and you would think as a Belgian, Benji would perform better in the classics. Lost causes. Absolutely outstanding review. Love to see it, and we, I'd love to hear some more from everybody else. But tomorrow's stage, the stage seventeen, the first mountain stage, 186 k's long from Miguero to Lagos de Cavadonga We have two main, uh, three main climbs: 7.6 k's at 9.1, uh, with decent valleys between them, and then the last climb, 12 and k's at 7, percent which has. Some K's are 10%, a couple of them. The others are like 7%. The second K is 12%, allegedly. What are we expecting tomorrow, Benji, from Movistar? I'm actually not hoping. I don't think too much will happen.
0: I think we'll see a, at least a Lopez attack. And that is because attacking tomorrow is dangerous because everybody's scared of Gamaniteru climb on stage 18. Now, tomorrow is quite climby, but it's got a lot of valleys in between the climbs. So are we even suggesting that this finish with GC ride is winning? Because On paper, if they attack in the Peloton to try and form a breakaway, perhaps on that first climb, the Alto de Ortiguero sounds a lot like the climb at the end of the next stage. But um, on that climb, people can attack to try and form a breakaway. And there's such a valley after that that it allows for the Peloton to have a moment where Yambo tries to uh, get it all settled down and tries to get the gap to the breakaway very, very large if no one dangers in it. So I dare to say that a break might win tomorrow.
1: Well, I don't know, Benji. I think uh, Addy Engels said that Guillaume Martin and Iking can't be ignored. So um, I'm trying to find the quote. Here we go. Here we go. Let's not forget the guys who are in front. There are some really hard days left to come. And maybe because of the stages in racing, Martin and Iking will lose time. But it might be necessary to race aggressively to get rid of them. So uh maybe Yamovisma you know, will pace. I don't know, I don't think they will tomorrow, to be honest. That's more a stage twenty or stage eighteen problem. Those valleys are a problem, especially with Movistar being short of domestiques and
0: Caruso break yeah. breakaway or does Caruso not care anymore because he's so far behind now?
1: Caruso, what do you mean? Not care about a stage win. Okay, wem.
0: Uh, I think stage one, of course.
1: Like, yeah, I, think, I think he'll still get a free roll to go in the, in the break for a stage. I'd expect that, actually. If Lander doesn't get in the break tomorrow, then I don't know what he's doing at this well <laughs> frankly. Um, <laughs> this is perfect for him.
0: Well, yeah, if he's in form. But <laughs> right now, I'm afraid that I just don't see it happening personally. Although he was in the peloton today, so I guess that's something. Nonetheless, the last climb, it is a, a relatively difficult one. It's not the longest one of them all. And uh, once again, I'm just GC-wise scared that people might be scared of tomorrow. And well, the day after tomorrow, sorry. And that might lead to teams like Movistar not using Moss for an attack. I also don't know what the crash day with MAS did to Moss. So uh, hopefully that did nothing to MAS. Then we have a, a battle on our hands for the next two days at least. and. Um, when it comes to Roglic, I expect him to be relatively defensively until perhaps the last two and a half kilometers where he tries to go. But important here is that there's that small descent in the last 300 meters to the line, yeah. something like that. I recall that because did Lopez not win on this climb in the history of the world? I could be very wrong, but my mind just... I'm pretty sure Contador
1: did he... No, oh, it was Farrapana. He destroyed Fremont. Um yeah. I can't remember. But yeah... I think for Movistar, what I would do is pace the second last climb, have a look at how Koos is looking, how Kreuzweich looking, pace that second last climb hard, try and get rid of Omen, Bowman, Van Hoydong in particular, have at least, uh, it's hard to say this, ha- try and have Verona up the road, pace the climb with Rojas and, um, oh, God, They <laughs> don't have anyone to do Erviti, Oliveira, maybe have them and Verona pace the last the second last climb. And then... Don't attack too early on the last climb. Hopefully Roglic is isolated and then start to counter him or go one and two with Lopez and Mars with five k's to go on the climb. That's how I would play it, which is similar to what Ineos did, but slightly different on stage nine, which is you got to pace the second last climb hard to remove the domestiques, but then don't attack too early because then you leave yourself exposed to getting countered. Um, who do you think? Who's you picking for the stage, Benji?
0: Ah, uh, I kind of want to say Caruso, but. It's a bit boring winning two stage and one Grand Tour, isn't it? Or uh, should I go with it? Oh, that's a very good question. I don't think Bardet is going to do it, but I could also be wrong in that aspect. I think I might just stay with my uh, my Caruso one, but I feel like I've been disappointed in the fact that you know Mater has not done done much yet.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's weird how Bahrain have had this second GC threat lingering and haven't used him at all. Uh, I think Mater from the GC group is something I'd love to see. Uh, Benji's prompted my idea. If there's no break, Mater attacking. Rog, which is not going to close Gino you know, Mater down. Oh, actually, that's not true. He would. maybe um, uh, so, still, I would try all jokes aside with Maitre in the last 1500 if it's been a slow climb in particular. Otherwise, out of the break, a Vine's a bit banged up. Marivan Van Uh who else? God, FDJ really needed David Carew here as well. Nick Schuysain perhaps, maybe. I don't know. Champusin, Bouchard in the break. They're the guys we'd like to see. But that's the recap of stage fifteen of the World uh sixteen of the Welter Espana. We are heading into the th- three or four last decisive days for G C. Hopefully we can get a shake up. Um, hopefully, maybe old Christian Iking hangs on in red tomorrow. You think it will be in red tomorrow, Benji, after the
0: stage? I'm gonna say yes. I,
1: I say uh, I say no. I think Eiching okay. loses the jersey, but he's had a fantastic tour of Welter so far. But thanks for all your support on the podcast, and we'll see you with the recap of Welter Stage 17 tomorrow, as well as Benelux Tour Stages Two and Three. It was obviously the TT today. Until then, ciao.